Our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Jim Rohn once said, we must all suffer one of two things, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret or disappointment. Good evening, everyone. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And I'm Jonathan, and that different perspective has its basis in three things, godly principles, family values, honest dialogue always done in a politically free zone. Folks, thanks for joining us this evening. This is a call-in format. We are caller-friendly. So let's get this party started. Jonathan, what's happening? What are we doing? What are we talking about? Well, Rick, our question for this evening is, does physical therapy teach us spiritual well-being? Class is now in session. (laughs) And our theme text is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. So we're talking about physical therapy and spiritual well-being. What a pain in the neck. Who, me? (laughs) Well, (laughs) or my back, or my arm, or my leg. None of us likes physical pain, and when we have it, we usually try and do all kinds of things to get rid of it. One really great way to do this is to go to a physical therapist and let them understand the problem and its source, evaluate and act on that understanding, and then help us work through the process to regain regain our strength and health. What they help us do will probably bring us more pain for a short time so that we can have less or no pain for a long time, and if you ask me, that's a winning formula. Now, here's the big question. Can the process and treatment we receive from a physical therapist translate into steps that we can take to identify, treat, and alleviate the pains and malfunctioning of our spiritual lives? Interesting question. Well, the best way to find that answer is to ask a physical therapist. So we did. (laughs) And Jonathan, who do we have with us this evening? Well, we have uh, Leah Rigorello, a Christian Questions volunteer and a physical therapist. Good evening, Leah. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. So, Leah, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you're a physical therapist. That's all we know. Yeah, um, not too terribly important, but yeah, I'm a therapist. I've been one for about seven years now. Um, I graduated with my doctorate of physical therapy degree in 2010 and have since specialized primarily in orthopedics. Um, I've done fellowship training. Um, So in a nutshell, I evaluate people with various different problems, some recovering from surgeries, but mostly people coming to me with pain somewhere. So my job is to essentially figure out where the pain's coming from and then how to fix it. Um, But then I've also been a lifelong student of the Bible. I was raised um, in a Christian household. My dad has actually been on your program a couple of times. Yes, Tom. Um, He's an an elder in our church, has been for over 25 years. I'm not quite sure how long. Um, And, of course, my mom has been his um, faithful supporter um, with those obligations. Um, So my brother and I were raised going to Bible class every Sunday, youth camps and seminars, and both continue to be active participants in our respective churches. Um, I am also a very big fan and enthusiastic listener of Christian Questions. Well, thank you. See, that's why she's on. (laughs) 
Josh. <laughs> no, actually, you're on. And be- Rick, she does a lot of editing of all your mistakes. Oops, did I yeah, say that? Yeah, actually, <laughs> aren't you? You are one of the uh, the uh, the CQ Rewind uh, editor people, right? Yeah, but there's no mistakes. No mistakes oh, after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> yeah, sure. As a matter of fact, we've got something to say about that later. <laughs> Interestingly. <laughs> but anyway, so so Leah, you you're a you're a physical therapist and really that the bottom line is that means when people come to see you, they are looking for you to give them relief. Isn't that the bottom line? Yep. And not only in the short term, but most cases in the long term. Like help me get rid of this whatever it is. So in terms of physical therapy, um, you had actually sent me an email months ago about, um, about the idea that physical therapy and spiritual therapy seem to work hand in hand. So just g- give me just a little bit of a sense of, you know, what, what brought you to start thinking about that? Yeah, so um, a couple months ago, me and my dad were having a conversation in the car. Um, I was telling him something about work, um, and I was describing some detail to him, and he kind of started wondering if there was any spiritual application. So we kind of started thinking and brainstorming, and we came up with some just interesting concepts. Um, And so then sometime later in a meeting at our church, he made a statement about spiritual therapy, just kind of in passing. Well, uh, our dedicated... Um, Rewinder Julie was in the audience, and as soon as the meeting was over, she came up to me and asked, what was he talking about? So I kind of filled her in, and we got to talking, and she thought it was a nice idea for a program. So she brought it to you, Rick, and you didn't totally reject the idea, and so here we are. (laughs) No, it was actually very fascinating, especially when I saw the the, the breakdown that you had in mind. So what we're going to do this evening, folks, is really, really simple, and it's really kind of fun. Uh, We're going to walk through the process of physical therapy with a real physical therapist who is going to help us understand what, why, when, and how. And then we're going to take a look at those things and and just like you look at a parable and say, okay, each step of the the process, let's look at it spiritually and see what it brings to us, see what happens, see what we can find. So we have an eight-step process to walk through that brings us from from the event that causes pain, which is why people go to see Leah, or the first symptoms to uh, after the treatment uh, process that we experience. So there's eight steps we want to cover. And um, so the first step is the injury phase. Uh, so, Leah, this is a physical condition, injury phase. You develop pain from what, what, what kinds of, why do people see you? Yeah, so I'm sure most people can probably fill in the blank for this one. Um, so essentially somebody develops pain. Um, it could be due to an injury, like they fell or they were playing a sport or something like that. Um, sometimes pain can develop because of overuse, such as a job or a repetitive task. Um, and then sometimes it just seems to kind of come out of nowhere, um, which usually it didn't, but they kind of feel that way. Um, and so if it's not properly managed in these initial stages of the injury, it can become a more chronic problem, and that can then lead to a decline in overall physical health. So usually the more acute the injury, um, the better the prognosis is if they get in to see somebody early. All right, so there, there's a key key factor from a physical standpoint. If it hurts, uh, act on it sooner rather than later because if it, if it's late, it ends up being later, ends up being problem, and you want it to remain, uh, you said, in the acute phase? Yeah, yeah. So, so think about it. It's more acute to get it taken care of early. Okay, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm in one of those moods. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this and, and just getting started with this. And, 
you know, there was a there was a, a program on when I was a kid. It was called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And it was about these guys that would always go into the, into the, into the jungle and, and rescue these animals that were in trouble. And, you know, sometimes the guys rescuing them would, would, would get hurt. And I remember there was, I couldn't find it for the life of me anywhere. There was one, there was one episode where Jim is out there in the wild and, and gets smacked with, with, by the tail of something. And the guy says, well, that's going to hurt tomorrow. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I wanted to represent that feeling of that's going to hurt tomorrow. So the next thing that my mind went to was the wide world of sports from way back in the 1970s. And folks, if you're as old as I am, think, see if this rings a bell to you. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's Wide World of Sports. So, Jonathan, if you remember that, Leah, you won't remember that. I do. I, I don't, Definitely. but what's funny is my dad is sitting here nodding his head. Yeah, so. because you get, <laughs> I think you you've got, all just aged yourselves a little well, bit. Well, <laughs> with the agony of defeat, you have this ski jumper that goes off the, the ski jump, but he goes off sideways, and he starts tumbling, and, and, and he he tumbles and tumbles and tumbles into the crowd. And, you know, they say the agony of defeat as he's just tumbling along. I looked it up, and the guy was taken to the hospital, and word is that he wanted to come back and compete again, but they wouldn't let him. <laughs> so it must have hurt tomorrow, though. I just got to say he needed a physical therapist. That's the whole reason for that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm over it, <laughs> you know, the whole point is step one is there's an injury. There's physical pain that needs to be dealt with. And so you've got to go and, get, and, and, and identify that. So, Jonathan, let's take a look at what the spiritual application is. So, Jonathan, get us started with that, and then Leah will give us maybe a couple of examples. We develop spiritual pain. Our spiritual life is off-center. Something is not right in our lives, or we have done or dwelled upon something that is not godly. The pain can manifest itself as feelings of guilt or isolation or inability or unworthiness and can lead to a decline in spiritual health. Okay, so... We're talking now about spiritual pain, and we can develop spiritual pain. Now, Leah, any, any examples along this line? Yeah, um, I think it can. this can be really, uh, um, there can be a lot of different avenues that you can go with this. It could be a sin. Um, it could be a shortcoming or a weakness. It could be a, just a flat-out character flaw. So maybe we're talking about um, someone struggles with greed or anger or bitterness or stress or rejection, disappointment, you name it. Anything that's not perfect, it can probably be applied to this situation. Um, and again, if we don't properly handle these, you know, seemingly smaller things, it can probably lead to an overall decline in our spiritual health. Yeah. So whatever it is that is not right spiritually really can bring us to spiritual pain and spiritual malfunction, and spiritual uh, uh, low progress, if you will. So all of these things um, are, are, are important. So let's just take a look at some scriptural bases for looking at spiritual pain, based on, on those examples Leah gave us, and the idea of, you know, you develop pain. Physically, you develop pain, and you need, you're going to need help. Spiritually, we develop pain. Our pain can be caused, just like Leah said, uh, by plain old sin in its many forms. And, and Jonathan, there's a great scripture that lays out 
what plain old sin looks like in a very graphic way from the standpoint of God's perspective. And that's Proverbs six sixteen to 19. There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. So there are seven things in that list that the Lord hates. And certainly, if it's something that God hates, the advice is really simple. Don't. Just don't, don't go down that road. Don't let that become a part of your life. And it's interesting, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, devising wicked plans, running towards evil, being a false witness, somebody who lies, and one who spreads strife. So those are things, sometimes we spread strife, for instance, but we may not think about it that, that we're spreading strife. You're right. I was thinking about that, Rick. Different personalities can do this very easily if, if you think or speak differently. And, it, and it, we have to be very careful about our words and, and our feelings uh, as we present them. Yeah, and, and you know, just a, just a very modern-day representation of this, uh, in the aftermath of that very, very, very difficult national election, and all of the words and all of the reactions on both sides of the issue, there was this, there's this massive spreading of strife, one side to the other and the other side back, and it's, and it's like, well, wait, 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 wait. When, when God looks down upon that kind of behavior, it, that is spiritual pain. See, that kind of pain actually needs therapy, even though we don't think it does. We're, we're engaging in it, but we, we need to realize that it is not something that is going to bring anybody up higher. So there are many kinds of sins that can cause um, that, that spiritual pain. Our pain can also be caused by specific sins that, that we might always uh, be personally struggling with. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 for an example on that one, Jonathan. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And you know, the, the interesting phrase in that scripture for me is that, and let us lay, inside, lay aside the sin which so easily entangles us. Now when you think of a runner, uh, if their legs are not free and they're going to get tangled up, you're, you just can't, you can't race. And I think that's kind of the picture. You don't want to be carrying something along with you that's going to trip you up. And, and Leo, you know, at, at the beginning when we were talking about the spiritual application, you're saying it could be, it could be weaknesses, it could be just plain old sin. Uh, that seems to, to, to fit in pretty well with that. Sometimes we are uh, inherently we have things that are just that, that slow us down. Mm-hmm. So our pain... Yeah, can, Rick, I was thinking, we have to understand ourselves enough to put barriers up against our weaknesses so that we can avoid those weaknesses. I was trying to think of how to, how to help in that area. And, and this is identifying the fact that there's pain. So yes. things that maybe are natural to us can actually be spiritual pain that needs therapy. Things mm. that happen to us can actually be spiritual pain that needs therapy. Things that develop in us can actually be spiritual pain that needs therapy. Our pain can also be caused by our stand for Christ. 
And you say, well, wait, does that need therapy? Well, I mean, this is kind of an interesting thought here. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you are sharing the suffering of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Okay, so what you've got there is the idea that you can have spiritual pain because you stood for Christ. And now, here's the thing. That's something that you should rejoice in, but it doesn't mean that the pain feels good. And, and, and getting some kind of therapy on that pain is still appropriate because you've done something well. And, and Leah, I'm sure that you, you've had to treat people who have, who've, who've hurt themselves, maybe not because they were doing something bad, but maybe they overdid it, shoveling yeah. snow or something like that. Yeah, or even um, runners who are marathon runners or something like that. They're running a lot. They're not necessarily doing anything wrong, but maybe pushing themselves a little bit too much. So even if we push ourselves for the sake of Christ and we feel pain, it's not like you say, okay, I'm just going to have to endure that pain. Treat the pain. Mm-hmm. But, but treat the pain as, a, as a, an evidence of the victory of the stand. So all pain spiritually, I guess one of the first things here, is not necessarily bad. There can yeah. be good pain, but it doesn't mean you don't treat it. doesn't mean you don't take care of it. It doesn't mean you don't go out of your way to try to, to alleviate that pain. So you can stand again, stand stronger, and stand more, more quickly after you're, you're, you're maybe out of commission for a little bit. Yeah, that's a really and, good thought, and I actually hadn't thought about that. Um, but really the best athletes out there are ones who train but then take breaks, and they train and take breaks so that their body can recover. So I think that there's um, probably a spiritual application in that. Yeah, and Rick, I was thinking about the sources that we can receive this pain. It, it could be personal, like family, friends, brethren, or coworkers, or it could be distance from strangers. So depending on standing up for Christ where the, where the negativity is coming from, it, it could hurt more or less depending right. on the source. Right, so the pain could be negative or it can be positive. It can be both. The, the key is spiritual pain should be treated. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Leah Ruggiero. And our subject, Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? Coming up. So now we have an injury. Should we ice it, take two ads, a leave, and see how we feel in the morning? I personally like a leave better than Advil. That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Tonight's episode is Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866 866- 985 for all, or you can message us on your app. Wherever you are on the planet, listen to our episodes and interact with us on Christian Questions. Download now in your Google app or put or app store, Christian Questions app. All right, so uh, lots of ways to get in touch with us, and we certainly do love to hear from you. Uh, this evening we have with us Leah Ruggiero, a licensed physical therapist. 
uh, walking us through the physical therapy process. And then we're taking that process, which is a really good process, incidentally, because it's a healing process, and saying, let's look at it spiritually and see what we can come up with. So, Leah, in the first segment, we talked about the idea that, okay, there's pain and you've got to acknowledge the fact that there's pain and it's not normal and it's not the way you want life to be. Correct. Okay. So now the second step then is you've acknowledged, okay, it hurts and I don't like it anymore. So you have to ask for help. So in the physical condition, the pain becomes severe enough for a person to seek help. What's the process? I mean, in, in the physical therapy world, does somebody just call you up and say, hey, Leah, I got this really bad backache. Can you help me out? Um, usually, usually how it works is you have the patient or whoever it is will go to and talk to their primary doctor. Um, some states you can go directly to a therapist, but not always. Um, and then the doctor will make sure that there's nothing, um, more scary going on. Sometimes they do some x-rays or MRIs or something like that. Um, and as long as there's nothing, um, more major going on, then they'll, they'll send them to a physical therapist. Okay. So you've got to go through the right process to get the right help. And you got to start somewhere. And in most cases, you start with your your, your primary care uh, physician. And uh, you know, folks, we're you know we're advocating for physical health here as well as spiritual health. And and the thing about it is, if something is not right, really, if you get it checked out, the chances of it getting better sooner are so much so much greater. So you've got to ask for help. And there's a little bit of um, Humility sometimes, I guess, involved in that, especially I would imagine if you're a, a great athlete. I wouldn't know the answer to that. But <laughs> uh, anyway, let, let's look at the let's look at a spiritual application here. Uh, Jonathan, what would be a good beginning for a spiritual application on the idea of asking for help? Well, Rick, recognition of our pain or sin, shortcoming and seeking spiritual guidance. There are many available sources of such guidance. All right. So, Leah, in terms of the spiritual application, um, you, you know, recognition of our pain and when you're looking for help, any, any thoughts on, you know, w- what do you do, where do you look, or what do people normally do? You know, in, in a spiritual sense, we already know the physical sense. You know, physically, first of all, before you answer the spiritual question, physically people tend to complain to everybody they work with. <laughs> okay, that doesn't solve anything. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, on the spiritual level, what happens? Yeah, so on the spiritual level, it seems like going to somebody that you trust that can act that's qualified, that can actually help you, you know. Um first and foremost, we should be praying about this and going directly to God to get help, right? Mm-hmm. Um but ultimately he works through many different um many different um venues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um or avenues of ways that can we can actually receive the help. So that could be, you know, going to a, a friend, a Christian friend that we really trust um, to have some discussion about what's going on. Um, maybe we go to a Christian mentor or something along those lines, a pastor um, or a leader, somebody like that. Um, and I think this one's really important because you have to get the right kind of help. You know, a lot of people will go to therapy or wherever, um, and maybe they're not matched right with the right therapist or that person doesn't have quite enough education or something along those lines. Um, and then they don't get better because there's not a good match right there. So I think in a spiritual sense, this can be a little bit tricky because you re- really want to make sure you can go to somebody who can actually give you the help that you need and the guidance that you need, you know, um, so that might be going to more than one person and finding until you really figure out what the actual problem is. So there's definitely some ownership on the 
on this on self with this one. So ownership is a good word. Ownership and humility, because to ask for help. Uh, too often we we especially with matters spiritual who wants to admit that they're having pain spiritually that they're having a spiritual malfunction in their lives nobody wants to admit that it's much easier to admit that i hurt my elbow uh, you know than than it is to to say that you know you know my 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 prayer life is completely malfunctioning and i and i'm and and my my mind is always going in the wrong direction so there's a lot of humility and and you're right it's ownership in terms of this and you mentioned a few things. Let's, Jonathan, let's get into a few scriptures and so forth. And folks, if you have a thought, you'd like to contribute, you'd like to participate, you can certainly message us on your app. You can uh, send us an email. We'll try to get, uh, get those uh, involved in the program. Or you can give us a call at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Monday evenings from 8 to 10, and that means we're on right now. So, Jonathan, spiritual application. Um, well, first, the basic one that we can think about, Rick, is we should always go to our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus, our Redeemer. Okay. So that we do the, the right, um, take the right steps so that our prayers are heard. Okay. Good scripture for that is Hebrews 4.16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So... Drawing near to the throne of grace, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Because you're going to get the help that you need. Maybe not in the way that you want, maybe not in the time that you'd like, but you're going to get the help that you need. So to go there with confidence is always the best place to start. Even before we start complaining to those whom we, we trust, this is always a good a good way to, to get started in terms of asking for help. So, so you're right. That's a, a, a good basis for treating our spiritual pain, our spiritual malfunction, and our spiritual failures. Because spiritual failure, is can, we can look at it like spiritual pain that needs treatment. It needs to be made better. You need to stop doing what you're doing or alter it. And we'll, we'll get into that with more of the physical therapy. That's Leah's department, not mine. All I know is when I've hurt my elbow doing something and I keep doing it, for some reason, it hurts more. I don't know. I just don't understand. You know. <laughs> okay. Another another place to go, and Leah, you mentioned this before, is we can go to those who are spiritually more mature than we are. And again, that's a humble thing to think. Like, okay, I need help. I should go to somebody more mature than me. And you know, you have to be able to to lower yourself enough uh, to do that. And Jonathan, we've got a good scripture here for that, James five thirteen to 15. And then once you read that, Leah, I just want to ask you about what you found in the physical therapy world after we go through this scripture in terms of people being willing to admit maybe they've, maybe an athlete, maybe they've been doing something not the right way or is, is it easy, is it hard? So just, just think, think about that once we go through the scripture. James five thirteen to 15. Is any among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. So the admonishing here is to go to the elders of the church. 
to go to those who have spiritual maturity that has been recognized by others to say, I've got an issue. And, you know, it, it says go to the elders, plural, not just one, but plural. And again, there's great humility in that. But there's also great power in, in pulling that spiritual maturity together on your behalf. So you've got to be humble enough to ask the right questions of the right individuals to get the right kinds of responses. Now, Leah, in the real world, when people are dealing with their issues, what, 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 what kinds of problems do they have getting to that point? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, that, that's a great question. Um, you can definitely have some who um, don't want to stop whatever painful activity it is that might be causing the problem, whether it's over-exercising or running or something like that. You may also have some who just can't stop it because it's part of their job, and then if they don't perform that at their job, they might lose their job. So there's some pretty heavy social implications in that. Um, you also will get some who come in and you can tell they just don't trust you. And they're not going to do what you say because they don't trust what you're saying. So those ones can be a little bit tricky also. Um, so from my standpoint, I will usually try a lot harder to show them that I know what I'm doing. So sometimes that means kind of geeking out on them and giving them as much information <laughs> about the problem as I can. So and, or finding other ways to get them to trust me so that they buy into the program. Because essentially, if the patient doesn't buy in, you're not going to get anywhere with them. All right. So, so trust is a big issue. And, and uh, let's, let's remember that phrase, Jonathan. We, we have to learn to geek out on folks. <laughs> now, I, I don't think I know how to do that. <laughs> I'm not, I just don't have enough geekiness. Geek, oh, sure you do. No, geeky understanding. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, but that's, that's pretty cool. You have to gain their trust. And, and I think that's the message that you were saying is gain their trust by letting them know that, look, you're in front of a professional and I've got some answers for you. And I know this is hard, but let's go through it. Let's figure it out. Let's work through this and draw them to you. And, and, and see, that's one way when, when we do that, you know, going to those who are Christian friends can be helpful as well, because that can give us some of the confidence to do this. So, Jonathan, going to trusted Christian friends, uh, James 516 is a good scripture on that. It's a verse after we read uh, just a few minutes ago. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So the idea is confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Share your pain. Spread it amongst those, like Leah said, that, that, that you can trust. Because when you share it, the, the very act of sharing it, I think, often. And, and Leah, is, is, this, is this true? When, when someone actually shares their, their, their story with you and their situation... Does, does that, just the very act of doing that, does that begin the relief process? Oh, absolutely. And I've had a handful of people who've come in over the last few years who, as they're telling me their problem, they'll kind of figure it out on their own. And I don't really do anything other than say, well, good, I'm glad that's figured out, you know, <laughs> and, and they don't need to come back because they've identified what it is themselves and then they make the necessary changes. So those ones are great because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's such an important point. The only way they get to that point, though, is to talk to someone whom they trust 
Yeah. And by talking it out, by trusting in someone, we can actually begin the healing process of our spiritual pain. So that's pretty good. Asking for help, really important. God and Jesus first, obviously, those who are spiritually mature, and then those we trust. Those are three ways of handling our spiritual pain and asking for help. The next step, step number three in the whole process, is uh, is evaluation. Now, evaluation of the physical condition. A typical evaluation consists of interviewing the patient, and this is from Leah, to to gather information on what the pain or the problem is, what the history is, uh, and how it's affecting their life. This is followed by physical testing to determine where the problem is and potential contributing factors. Then physical therapy and patient development plan of, uh, are, are, are developed together. So, so Leah, you, you evaluate, you look at it, and you said something in that, in that little introduction that I read of your words uh, mm-hmm. of contributing factors. So just go into developing the, what the evaluation is, what those contributing factors are, and, and what do you do with it? Yeah, so um, it, the evaluation is really important because everybody is going to be unique. There's some patterns and things like that that you can recognize, but ultimately what you come up with is individual to the person sitting in front of you. But yeah, you spend some time um, talking to them, figuring out when the problem started, what it is, or is it getting better, is it getting worse, what kind of things make it feel worse, make it feel better, because these are all kind of clues that you're, it's kind of like a puzzle, you're trying mm-hmm. to fit the pieces together, you know, and then after you have some subjective information, then based on that, you'll do tests and things like that to determine um, where, number one, the most important thing is where the pain is coming from, trying to figure out what structure it is that's generating the pain, whether it's a tendon or a joint or a ligament, because you can be really, sometimes you can be really specific to where exactly the pain is coming from. But then oftentimes there are contributing factors, we call them. So, for instance, if somebody has pain um, in their shoulder, maybe it's a rotator cuff tear or something along those lines, and that's actually the problem, um, they might have things around it like a stiff spine, stiff thoracic spine, some weak muscles around that are contributing to why the pain actually developed in the first place or why the injury developed in the first place. So your job is not only to isolate where where the, the where the causes, but the things that it has affected around it, and and sort of the the infl- the physical inflammation that needs to be dealt with, and, and this is huge for spiritual things because it's like the the meanings are just like flying out at this mm-hmm. point, you know, because we can we can spiritually inflame our lives by by ignoring those things that are wrong. And by feeding that fire, if you will. So, so Jonathan, what's the spiritual application here? We're down to about two minutes, two, two and a half minutes for this segment. Depending on who is involved, this can be tricky. Just because someone is our close friend and a Christian does not mean they are qualified to get to the bottom of an issue. And that's something that's so important. We can say, okay, you know, they were talking about going to your close friends. Well, does, just because someone is also a Christian and a close friend doesn't mean they're going to be able to give you the right guidance. All right? Psalm 19:12 is a good scripture on that. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. All right, so we are really kind of stuck in that. You know, we've got to be humble in our choosing. And again, humility comes up again and again and again in all of our, of our um, conversations when we talk about treating spiritual difficulties. But in terms of spiritual pain, um, it's hard for us to understand ourselves what's going on. We need, to, we need to get that help. We need to have it evaluated. And now humility comes into play, Galatians 6, verses 2 to 5. Bear one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. 
but each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another, for each one will bear his own load. So it's interesting because when somebody, if somebody comes to you, your, your, your Christian friend, and says, I've got an issue, and you feel like, oh, well, they're coming to me. Let me just tell them a thing or two. And if we are not well-equipped to give that advice, it would be like somebody coming to me for their, their rotator cuff tear and saying, Rick, I've got this tear. What should I do? Now, Rick doesn't know the first thing about it. I don't even know where a rotator cuff is. I, I know it probably rotates, but maybe it doesn't. That's it. You know, you're going to the wrong person. You've got to, and we've got to see ourselves for what we are and for what we're not in terms of being able to give evaluation on these things. One more quick scripture, Jonathan. We're going to have to wrap up this segment in a, in a few seconds here. Galatians 6.1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. So the evaluation process really is only successful if we go to the right individual or individuals to get the right kind of input. We don't necessarily want to get the comfortable input. input. We want to get the right kind of input. Go to those who can geek it out, if you will, on a spiritual level so that we can understand what's wrong in our spiritual lives. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Leah Riggiarello. And tonight's episode is, Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? Coming up. Okay, so now we know why we hurt. What do we do next? Act like a lobster? Like a lobster? Did you say lobster? I did. Okay. That's next. All right. <laughs> You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Tonight's episode is, Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL, or you can message us on your app. We want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. So we are going through an eight-step process of physical therapy and looking at it spiritually, saying, you know what, this really does fit. It really helps us understand what we've got to deal with when we have spiritual pain. And the first thing you have to do is, rec- is, is, is acknowledge the pain. You've got to ask for help then. Then you've got to get that pain evaluated. And so now we get to step four, which is control inflammation and pain, prevent worsening of a condition for acute injuries. Um, and Leah says that uh, this step may sometimes be omitted if the problem is more chronic. So the physical condition here, Leah, is the therapist may try to calm down the pain and inflammation using gentle hands techniques, or perhaps they brace or tape an injured limb. What else? Uh, it's got something to do with rice, I think, right? Yeah, so <laughs> that acronym is Rest, Ice, Compress, and Elevate. Um, 
So some of that is just self-management because that's stuff that the patient would do outside of the therapy um, appointment. And then we also give them advice um, on depending on what the problem is. So it might be stopping an activity or behavior that might, that might be causing the pain. You know, so for instance, if they have shoulder pain that comes on after a couple hours of playing tennis, we might advise them to hold on playing tennis for a little while. And do people listen? Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> All right. Let, tell me a little bit more, just very quickly, about it says, you know, to calm down the pain and inflammation using gentle hands techniques. That's just a fascinating phrase to me. So more like, I think it meant to say gentle, like hands-on techniques, okay. as in sometimes you're just doing just gentle little movements or something like that to kind of desensitize the pain, because um, sometimes... Um, it can be so sensitive to even touch because the whole nervous system is kind of going a little haywire that you need to just give it like a nice calm input, a nice non-threatening input. And that actually can um, just kind of calm the whole nervous system down a little bit. That's kind of cool. I like that. And if that doesn't work, then you can try things like ice or, you know, um, there's other methods where you talk about taping and putting something in a brace or something like that so that it just doesn't move at all. Folks, you're talking to Leah Ruggiero. She is a licensed physical therapist and knows her stuff, obviously. Jonathan, you had an experience in terms of physical therapy you wanted to just bring up here. Yes, uh, my wife, Jewel, is going through physical therapy right now for her hand uh, surgery, joint uh, surgery. And at times, the pain is so bad. When she goes for therapy, the therapist uh, can't have her do any exercises, but then starts this hot paraffin wax treatment to take some of the pain away, and then uh, after that process, she can start doing the exercises. So we were talking about this, and we were thinking, well, relating it to how God can sometimes allow us to be in the heat or fire of trial so that we can be exercised properly to learn the lessons that he has for us. So that's so Leah's talking ice, and I just talked about some heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, paraffin, it sounds like a very relaxing. Um, <laughs> never, never mind. I try hard, but it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> Treatment. But again, so, so you, Jewel, is, is actually physically experiencing the things that Leah is bringing to the table here with us yes, tonight. Yes, she is. That's right. And it's a process. It's a slow, sometimes tedious process, but you need to have the, the ability to, to be humble enough to go get started with it and then the trust to work with somebody who can walk you through it. And that's such an important thing in terms of, especially this part, step four, controlling inflammation and pain and preventing things from worsening. I mean, it takes that, 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 that gentleness and that trust to be able to, to, to reduce those things. So, Jonathan, let's move on. Go ahead, Leah, go ahead. I think this takes a lot of patience, too, because um, a lot of times people, they want a quick fix. And I don't yeah. blame them. I do, too. You know, um, I don't want to have to follow all of these rules and instructions. But those who are patient and kind of slow themselves down and follow all of these directions will usually get better depending on the problem. And it's the ones who either don't understand that it takes a long time to get better or don't comply with taking a break from certain activities or whatever it may be. Those are the ones who oftentimes don't get better with therapy and go on to go get extra procedures like injections or surgeries or things like that. So patience actually becomes very important through the whole rehab process. Patient, patience. 
That's what we're, we're talking <laughs> there you about. Go. Well, really, and therapist patients yeah. too. <laughs> well, and it's and it's and it's staying with the process. And again, when you've got inflammation and pain, it's hard to be patient. But but Leah, you're mentioning that's so so critically important. So so Jonathan, let's move on to the spiritual application here of controlling inflammation and pain. This is likely the more instant assistance to the problem to help keep it from getting worse and decrease the overall severity. Okay, so Leo, any any examples along these lines? Yeah, so um, I would say that this consists of removing any negative influences um, that might be contributing to the problem in the spiritual welfare. So maybe, um, you know, maybe a you need to start reading a Bible verse about something specific that you struggle with. Maybe you need to get rid of certain friends or not rid of. That sounds really not right, but yeah, well, actually it might be right, (laughs) you know, but get away from negative influences or things that are directly affecting you negatively spiritually. So in other words, you've got to take action that's going to alleviate, that's going to reduce the inflammation and the pain. We can take action, but just taking action doesn't necessarily bring us to a better place. You know, if you, insanity, one of the definitions of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Spiritually, we can run that, that, that course and just get so tied up, and then the inflammation and the tightness and the pain gets worse, and when we get stressed about it, it gets even worse, and, you know, it's, it's, this, it's this self-fulfilling cycle of misery is what it is. So in, in, in regard to the spiritual application, perhaps there's a lesson here regarding the pain being related to a specific event or events rather than pain being a chronic issue in life. So there's two different kinds of pain we want to just touch on here. The event-related pain is out of the ordinary and its severity is perhaps more sharply and more easily noticed because it came upon us and it's not something we're used to. This could refer to our actions and our reactions that cause us spiritual pain when, and, and we need help calming those things down like, Leah, like you were saying, getting back to form, etc., Watching what we say and therefore we, uh, watching what we are thinking is a good way to begin to start that process. James one twenty six, Jonathan. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. So one of the great things to help reduce the spiritual inflammation of our spiritual malfunctions is watch what you say. Really, watch what you say. Watch what you think. Watch those things because those things are 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 contributory to the tightness and the pain and the stress, and it, it helps to make things spin out of control. And, and Leah, I'm sure you've had many patients who have, have, in a physical sense, they they get so tensed up about the pain that the pain is 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 like way worse than it, it even needs to be. Yep, yep, absolutely. You can kind of, once you get to talking to them, you realize they've kind of spun themselves into this vicious cycle, you know, and so sometimes the first couple times you see them, you might not even touch them. You might just be talking to them, trying to figure out where um, where you can break that cycle. And, and that's an important thing. It's breaking the cycle. Physically, you have to break it. Spiritually, you have to break it. Here, here's an idea. How about you actually grow up in Christ? Stop just hanging around and enjoying the goodness of Christ without the growth. Actually grow up. Actually mature. Actually look to develop toward Jesus in our everyday lives. That can be a really great way to, to handle these things. So, so Jonathan, at the end of the last segment, you talked about a lobster. That's right. Act like a lobster, Rick. Act like a lobster. Okay. Yep. Well, 
<laughs> Leah sent me this this terrific, terrific soundbite from Rabbi uh, Dr. Abraham Tversky on responding to stress. Now, it's about stress, but the, the application for dealing with our spiritual pains is really, really uh, quite significant here. Listen to this uh, example that he gives. There's something I want to tell you about uh, the stress and how we have to look at stress, okay? And I think it's an important thing because uh, many people have told me from my lectures it's the one thing they remember, okay? I was sitting in a dentist's office and looked at an article that said, how do lobsters grow? Well, I don't care how lobsters grow. <laughs> but I was interested in it. And it points out that a lobster is a soft, bushy animal that lives inside of a rigid shell. That rigid shell does not expand. Well, how can the lobster grow? Well, as the lobster grows, that shell becomes very confining. Right? And the, kind of the lobster feels itself under pressure and uncomfortable. It goes under a rock formation to protect itself from predatory fish, casts off the shell, and produces a new one. All right, we're, we're going to come back to that a little later. I never knew that about lobsters. I never thought of I don't think about lobsters that often, okay? so, But he used a really geeky term. He said lobsters are really mushy animals. That's That's like geeking it out, right? Yeah. No, huh? Close. <laughs> Close. <laughs> but, you know, the idea was it had to shed the shell. It had to put something off to be able to actually grow. So let, let's focus a little bit here, Jonathan. We've only got just a few minutes, so we're going to have to fly through some of these scriptures. Um, just let, let's focus on growing in Christ. First Corinthians 3, 1 to 4. This is a way to treat the inflammation and the pain of our spiritual lives. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? So the apostle is saying, there's a problem here. You're like these mushy lobsters that are in a shell that's too small, and you're not allowing yourselves to grow. You have got to grow out of where you are. You've got to grow up, and you, it's going to take some changing for you to be able to do that. Okay? So the, the event-related pain that we have in our lives could be uh, partially related to that, something that happens in our life that we have a very immature reaction to. The more chronic pain could perhaps relate to our deeper character flaws. In some ways, we have learned to live with them, to tolerate their presence. Uh, now, this doesn't diminish the seriousness of the issue. Rather, it emphasizes the need for longer and stronger treatment. And Leah, you've probably had that kind of experience where people live with something for a really long time. Yeah, and actually, I was going to say with this, especially... So, yes, physically, people are living with something for a really long time, um, and then they finally decide to come in for help for some reason. Um, I would say spiritually, sometimes our weaknesses aren't necessarily obvious to us, you know, but as we are growing and maturing spiritually, maybe some of these issues that we've had, problems, character flaws, whatever, we're just now actually noticing, but really they've been there all the time. So th that's an interesting idea that they've been there all the time, but we're now at a point of maturity to be able to look at ourselves and say, oh, that doesn't look very nice. That doesn't, that doesn't sound very Christ-like. And those are the things that you've been living perhaps with that dull ache, but just have gotten so used to it, you just don't pay attention. 
And something like that, I imagine, over time becomes much more difficult to deal with. So we'll go back to that in a, in a moment, Leah. But let's, Jonathan, let's get to Hebrews 12, 14 uh, to 17, because this is a verse that helps to explain some of the chronic spiritual pain uh, that we can be experiencing. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and causes trouble, and by it may be defiled, and that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it for tears. So there's two things in that in that in that verse, those verses that I, that really jump out at me. First is the root of bitterness, and then there's the immoral or godless person. But let's just let's talk about a root of bitterness for a minute, as a chronic problem. When you talk about something that's a root, you talk about something that's buried that's underneath that nobody sees and it grows and you have no idea how big it is and then you see something spring up and that little thing that springs up probably has a root system that's way way bigger underneath the surface spiritually that's the kind of chronic pain that we're going to need to deal with and and Leah when you deal with um now let's see the 57 we've got about uh yeah yeah no, no never mind I'm going to ask you next hour because we're going to run out of time here um so next hour, Leah, I just want to start out just by asking the question about dealing with somebody with chronic pain. Um, you, you said a lot of times there's a, there's a talking process. Uh, and then just like what kinds of steps follow that? Just think about that for the next hour. Jonathan, we just want to dr- drop one more scripture into the mix before we uh, close out this first hour. Uh, again, in relation to chronic spiritual pain, chronic spiritual inflammation that maybe we've lived with for a long time, but now needs to be dealt with. Acts chapter t- uh, 8, verses 20 to 24. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours, and pray the Lord that, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gull of bitterness and in bondage of iniquity. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, this is the story of, of Simon the magician, who would thrill everybody with his delusions, or his, his deceptions of the people. And he saw uh, the, the miracles that, that Philip worked, and he saw the Holy Spirit be passed on through the apostles, and he said, wow, that's a better trick than all the things that I know. And he was, he was it says that he was a believer, and, but yet he was so tied up in this, in this gall of bitterness that he could not recognize how far off he was. And when he said to the apostles, hey, look, I'll pay you. Give me the ability to do what you do. I'll pay you because, boy, this could, I could really cash in on this. Peter's response was, you have no part of this. You are so spiritually broken, there's nothing that can be done to help you at this point. You had just better pray that God will have mercy on you because what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're thinking, what you're feeling is not going down the right path. Folks, there's so much more to come. We're talking about physical therapy and spiritual well-being. We're going through the steps 
of physical therapy and saying, look, they really do apply to our spiritual well-being. So please, please stay with us for the second hour. Leo Ruggirello will be back. She is a physical therapist, and she'll be helping us understand what the process is physically and then helping us apply it to what the process is spiritually so that we can take our spiritual lives and say, enough of the malfunction, enough of the pain, enough of the inflammation. Let me find the healing in the right way, in the right place, in the right time. For Jonathan and Rick and Leah and Christian Questions, we'll be back after a very short break. But till then, physical therapy and spiritual well-being. Think about it. Our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Somebody once said, we change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. And folks, it's it's about pain. It's about pain. It's about pain management. Welcome back. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we'll look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And Jonathan, our topic tonight is... Does physical therapy teach us spiritual well-being? And our theme text is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And there's a great phrase in there. It says, afterwards it yields the peaceable uh, fruits of righteousness. Um, So, Jonathan, we have a guest with us this evening. Yes, we do. Leah Ruggirello is here. And she is a licensed physical therapist, and we are walking through the process of physical therapy, uh, the actual process, and saying, look, there's a spiritual application to it that is very, very important and intense and, and, and revealing for us. So, Jonathan, let's just quickly review the there – were, there were eight steps altogether. We touched on four steps in the first hour. Uh, Jonathan, I'll do the step, and then you can do the spiritual application. Let's just walk through these kind of quickly, and then we'll get right back into the meat of the matter. Step one is the injury phase, the physical condition. You develop physical pain. On the spiritual application, what is it? We develop spiritual pain. Our spiritual life is off-center. Something is not right in our lives, or we have done or dwelled upon something that is not godly. Okay, so the injury phase... Is, is pain, the spiritual application. We can develop spiritual pain, all different kinds. The second step is you've got to ask for help. It, with the physical condition, the pain becomes severe enough for the person to look for help. What is the spiritual application? It's the recognition of our pain or sin or shortcomings and seeking spiritual guidance. So we've got to do something when we see something. You know, you, you see those billboards all over the place now in terms of you know, recognizing terrorism, if you see something, say something. Well, mm-hmm. in your spiritual life, there's something to be said for that. If we see something, we need to say and do something about it. So asking for help. The third step 
in actual physical therapy that Leah brought to us is the physical in, with the physical condition is a tip, uh, typical evaluation. The third step is evaluation. I guess I should have said that. Typical evaluation consists of interviewing the patient to gather information on what the pain is or what the problem is. So you've got to evaluate. You've got to get the information. Spiritually, what's the application? Depending on who is involved, this can be tricky. Okay, so it doesn't say a lot there, but evaluating, you've got to go to the right kinds of individuals spiritually. Obviously, praying to God through Jesus is the most important thing. That gets you started, that gets your mind in the right place, but spiritually, then you've got to go to those who are spiritually mature enough to be able to give you the input. And then the fourth step that we touched on uh, is to control the inflammation and the pain. Prevent the worsening of the condition, especially for acute uh, injuries uh, and in the physical condition, the therapist might try to calm down the pain and inflammation using uh, gentle hands-on techniques or perhaps they brace or tape an injured limb, whatever it is. They try to calm it down so then treatment can move forward. Spiritual application is what? This is likely the more instant assistance to the problem to help keep it from getting worse and decreases the overall severity. So a lot of times that instant assistance is when we spiritually go to someone else and say, I've got a problem, I've got an issue, that's the instant assistance that is so, so important for us to, to get us going, to get us focused on, uh, on what's right and how to get things to work. Um, Leah, did you have something? No, I just need to get my charger for my computer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, no, because I thought you were, okay, you carry on as you were. <laughs> so um, let's go to the, the main problem now uh, with step number five. Okay, step number five is going to be to fix the underlying causes of pain. So with the physical condition, this means when the initial pain is under control, okay, when you've gone through the controlling the inflammation and calming things down and putting things in order, when the initial pain is under control, the next step is start fixing the underlying problem. The main problem needs to be directly addressed. So do the contributing factors. So um, before, um, before we go back to Leah, she's, she's still uh, working on her computer over there. Um, Jonathan, let, let's touch on just a couple of things spiritually, then I'm going to go back to, to Leah and the, and the physical part of this. So the spiritual application of this would be what? Start fixing the main problem. The specifics will depend on the primary problem and contributing factors. Okay, so now we're to the main problem. We've calmed things down. And, and Leah, you, you back online with us here? Yes, sorry. Okay, no, no problem, no problem. Um, so with this fixing the underlying causes of the pain, uh, is, you know, the initial inflammation and, and the flare-up things are, are, have been calmed down. Now you, you, you're able to, to address the main, the main issue. Now, just let me ask you before you get into that, because I'm interested in the chronic pain versus the event-related pain. Is this an easier place to get to with one type of pain versus the other, or is it, is it both the same? Um a good question. Honestly, it depends on the individual. Probably more easy with like the acute one-time injuries. Okay. Once everything's kind of calmed down, you go in and you find the problem and you fix that problem. Usually if it's a stiff joint, you mobilize the joint, get it moving. Um, and a lot of times they're good to go after a couple sessions of therapy. Chronic problems tend to be a little bit 
more complicated because there's usually at a certain point not just one problem that you can go in and fix. It's identifying um, all the different problems and then sometimes it's a matter of being creative with how to fix those problems because if stress is one problem for somebody with chronic pain, they may find stress relief in one way but somebody else may find stress relief in a different way. So those ones tend to be a bit more complicated. So so then uh, with the chronic things, you're saying that a lot of times our physical pain has a very direct link to stress in our lives. It can, yeah. Kind of going back into the program a couple weeks ago yeah. or last or whatever, yeah, yeah. So, so, and that that makes it much more difficult then because, you know, stress is purely, uh, when we look at stress, you know, stress comes into our life, it's an emotional thing, it's an emotional response, and you're dealing with the physical body which reacts emotionally and it does. It tends to tighten up and it tends to um, react in ways that, that, that make your job much, much more difficult. So uh, you talked a little bit about you know, what to do to address it. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, sometimes with a chronic problem, sometimes you ident- eventually identify problems that actually can't be fixed by therapy or whatever because sometimes if it's you – know, work, they can't quit their job because they will lose their income, not be right. able to support their family. So I I can't fix those things. I can tell you that the job's causing the problem, you know, um, but there's things like that that you can identify that we just can't fix, you know, um, and those tend to be the harder ones because then you have to let the person go eventually and they still have these problems, you know. And, and that's that's kind of an interesting thing because on a spiritual level, level that can happen as well. You know, our our makeup, our maybe where we we are in an, in an environment where there's certain kinds of input that we just are not capable of getting away from. And in that spiritual environment, you know, maybe maybe it's family members, maybe you're you're raising really rebellious teenagers. I mean, who knows what it is? You can't, you know, be, get away from your kids. <laughs> You've got to raise them. So sometimes we get into a situation where our pain is such that we're not going to be able to find a way to get rid of the pain. So then you would have to be looking at pain management at that point, right? Yeah, pain management and um, focusing on functional tasks. So that's something that I actually we haven't quite mentioned. Um, a lot of times people will come into therapy not just because something hurts, but maybe because something hurts and now they can't use that part of their body. Their shoulder hurts, so now they can't wash their hair. Their shoulder hurts, so now they can't lift something, right? right? So a lot of times in the acute injuries, you fix the pain, the function automatically comes back, right? That's Those usually go hand in hand. With the chronic problems, sometimes Sometimes if you can't automatically fix the pain, you have to go after it in a functional way. Okay, let's start practicing the things that are either painful or difficult. We'll practice them. We'll look for different techniques of ways to do them. And sometimes the pain does go away and sometimes it doesn't go away, but now they can at least use that body part. See, now, again, spiritually, the the answer just rings out in in terms (laughs) of learning how to manage through it, even if the pain can't go away. Now, sometimes what we can do is we can learn to sing a song. Now, (laughs) where do we get that from? Well, we got that from, and and this is, this is, I I think this is pretty amusing, actually. This comes from the movie Anger Management with Adam Sandler and uh, Jack Nicholson, and uh, uh, Jack Nicholson plays the role of of an anger management therapist, 
and Adam Sandler plays the role of an angry guy. And uh, the, the, the scene here is they're driving, Sandler's got to get to work or something, and they're driving, and he's driving like a maniac, and, and uh, uh, Nicholson is in, the, is in the car with him, and he needs him to just center himself and manage his anger. So, uh, to me, this is amusing. Listen to this. Now, what exactly was that all about, Dave? What? You just ran through a red light. Are you trying to get us both killed? Well, I'm a little flustered right now. I have to be to work in eight minutes. Flustered? What are you doing? I need you to unfluster. My boss is going to go nuts on me if we're late, so please. We will proceed when you are centered. I'm centered, I'm centered, I'm centered. Come on, it's 10 Go, crazy man! What is that? Is that good? We're going to sing a song. No, I don't want to sing a song. I want to go to. I want to. I get. The magic of Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim's West Side Story. All right, we'll have to continue that in a few minutes. But <laughs> so <laughs> the the point is, he's so flustered that he can't get past himself. So the other guy stops the car and says, "Okay." We're going to we're going to have to get you centered. We've got to do something very very different. Jonathan, you had a thought. Jonathan, you there? Well, we kind of covered this earlier, um, the, the first segment. It was about trust. Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear? Yes. You're not able to hear me, Rick. Okay. I was talking about trusting them through the pain, uh, the physical therapist and God, and uh, ultimately. We need to trust them uh, for the positive outcome. And we did touch on trust earlier, so there's no need to get into it more. Okay. All right. So, so the trust issue is an important, important part of dealing with the spiritual application of fixing the underlying cause. So let's, let's get into some scriptures now on this. Complete trust in God is a really important starting point. You know, we talked about prayer. That's important. But trust is the physical application of what we're doing with prayer. Trust is the real-life application of the words that we pray. Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. So, am I trusting God enough to put the underlying causes of my pain into his hands as though he is the potter, and I am the clay, and I can be reshaped in his hands. Spiritually, if we want to get to the underlying cause, we have to be able to be pliable in the hands of God. And, and Leah, that's, a, that's an issue that I'm sure you deal with all the time, is the pliability of, the, of your patient's attitudes, not even their body, but their attitudes, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Those who are willing to make changes, um, get better a lot faster who take your recommendations and things like that um, are wonderful to work with too. Um, and those who are maybe more stubborn or resistant to change or unwilling to follow through with their exercises at home or what have you, um, they either take a lot better, a lot longer to get better or they don't get better at all. All right. So, so the pliability mentally works with the physical pain as well as the spiritual pain. So, 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 Jonathan, let's go to a few scriptures here. Claiming the sacrifice of Jesus as we humbly admit our shortcoming is vital. And let's go to 1 John 1, 7-9 for that. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus has cleansed us 
from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we've got to focus on, focus towards the right things. And, and having the sacrifice of Jesus in front of us, when we are now getting ready to fix the underlying cause of our pain, our sin, our shortcoming, our, our flaw, whatever it is, Keeping that first and foremost is so, so important. Getting back to basics is another, another uh, scriptural way to, to look at this. Keeping the main thing the main thing. Romans 12, 1 and 2, for those of us who are attempting to be dedicated Christians every day of our lives, this helps us to focus on what's the most important thing. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, that's the most important thing, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And see, and, and Leah, you, in talking about physical therapy, that's a transformation process, really when you think about it. Yeah, because, yeah. Because you're taking someone who's dwelling in pain and you're transforming them to someone who can dwell either to manage their pain or dwell beyond their pain. And they have to be able to follow your instructions. Listen to Leah. That's what yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen to Leah. Jonathan, one more scripture for this segment. Uh, having confidence in the overruling and providence of God through Jesus on your behalf. Providence changes things. Philippians 1, 3 to 6. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of the participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of these things, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And Leah, just, just we've got about a minute left in this segment, but that, that reminds me of what you said about following through in the process. Because it says, he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus. You can start with somebody, and you can really know what the answer is for them. But unless they follow along with you, it's not going to work, is it? Right. And in terms of that, what do you do, j just in like 30 seconds, mm -hmm. what do you do to keep them on track? Um... Gosh, 30 seconds. That's a good question. <laughs> um, sometimes it's just a matter of asking them, what are you doing outside of here? And kind of putting them on the spot a little bit. Um, sometimes it's asking them to demonstrate what they're doing outside of therapy. Well, again, that kind of puts them on the spot, you know. Sometimes it's reminding them of what their goals are, you know. Okay, well, you told me that you wanted to be able to lift your gallon of milk or lift your child or something like that. Just keep those things in mind because we're both working towards the same goals here. All right, so put them on the spot. See, now that, that's actually a very brilliant answer for 30 seconds. That was good. Put them on the spot. Make them think about the most important things. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick and Leah, and our subject is, Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? Coming up, great, we're on the road to recovery. It's going to get easier, right? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan.
Welcome back. Tonight's episode is Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. Or you can message us on your app. The conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on Facebook, and you can tweet us at CQNet Radio. And we are now on Instagram. All right, so so we have with us Leah Ruggiero, a licensed physical therapist, and she's walking us through all of these steps of of getting treatment physically so we can get better. And they really resound in terms of the uh, the, the spirituality of our lives and how we need to to go through those same kinds of steps spiritually to, to make those changes. Step, step number six, then, uh, in this, in this eight-step process, the physical condition is, is progress, okay? And with the physical condition, as the pain becomes less and less, the treatment uh, and home exercises uh, should progress to be more challenging and constructive than just for pain relief. So, so Leah, let, get into some specifics with us now, okay? Progress. You've now begun to treat the really the, the main issue, and now you've got to get them to progress through that. What what are the steps? What has to happen here? Yeah, so um, it depends on what their main problems were and what their contributing factors are. So it's going to be individual to each patient, what their needs are and what their goals are. Um, so maybe on the therapist part, um, I become more aggressive with my hands-on treatment because they can take more um, and we want to restore or we want to focus more on restoring their motion and their function as opposed to pain because pain is doing much better. Um, on the patient's part, maybe they have to do um, more reps or heavier weights with an exercise. Um, they might have to do more exercises. Um, and the reason that the intervention should get harder or more challenging as a person is improving is because it, it needs to in order to progress, kind of like the law lobster um, sound clip that you played. Um, because if the system, if the muscles and all that aren't being challenged, then they won't continue to get better or to get stronger. They'll kind of stay the same. Um, and when the exercises are progressed, the individual should feel sore and tired while performing them, um, maybe for a little while afterwards. But as they continue to do, to do them, they'll become easier. And then again, they need to be progressed. So um, it's kind of an ongoing cycle. Well, and see, the interesting thing here is that we are so focused on, okay, I've got to deal with the pain. And now that you've started to manage the pain, sometimes we can take our foot off the pedal. Because, okay, I'm feeling better now. But you're saying, no, no, no. Progress means we need to restore motion and function. We need to get you so that you can be functioning in a normal capacity. And I imagine with chronic issues, sometimes people don't even remember what normal was like. Right. Yeah. So so there's this whole growth process. And again, the resounding spiritual effects compounding into this whole whole matter here. So so Jonathan, the spiritual oh, go ahead, Leah, go ahead, then we'll go no, to Jonathan. Just one more thing. I think that proper progression is really important, kind of going um because we don't want to give them too much too soon. Um because if we give them too much, either too heavy of weights, too many exercises, they either one won't do them at all, or two, <laughs> they'll do them but they'll hurt themselves again. So um I think we ha we have to be very careful too as therapists. All right. And, and again, what it does is it means that we've got to take step-by-step -step action to get to an eventual goal that can get us functioning physically with physical therapy like Leah is telling us and spiritually. That's the important thing that we're focusing on here. Uh, and Jonathan, the spiritual application is really simple. 
we need to update what we work on spiritually. All right, so Leah, just maybe a couple of quick examples. What do you mean update what we work on spiritually? Yeah, so I'd say let's say anger is the problem that we're working on or whatever. Um, Maybe we no longer are angry because a friend didn't return our phone call, which for all intents and purposes is pretty minor. Um, And we've worked on that. We've really tried to kind of overcome that. But now we really need to work on not getting angry when somebody actually does something really bad to us or cheats us or something like that, you know. So it's still working on anger, but in a more significant um, application. So in other words, there's always another mountain to conquer, and we can't get to the the, the, the mountains down the way until we just conquer the smaller ones in front of us. And, and you know, this whole physical therapy process, you take care of the, the inflammation, you deal with the, the main issue, and now you restore motion and function, but you have to do it with a proper progression. Let's go back to the lobster one more time, because the, the analogy of the lobster from uh, Rabbi uh, Dr. Abraham Tversky, and responding to stress, that was the YouTube video that we're, we're, we're drawing from. He, he makes an, an interesting um, analogy here as he's looking at this. So um, I was going to go to that, but it just vanished from my screen. So I can't get to it without it being on my screen. So here's what I'm going to have to do. Hang on. We're just going to have to give that a minute. While I'm booting that back up, let's just we're going to come back to it in a second. Jonathan, there's a great quote from Joseph Campbell, and then let's go to 1 Corinthians 10.13. Find a place inside where there's joy, and the joy will burn out the pain. Okay, so find a place where there's joy. In other words, find the place that you want to get to. And that makes our dealing with the, with the pain and the difficulty so much easier. Uh, and 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Okay, um... Here we go. I'm going to get to that uh, that lobster thing in a second if it kills me. <laughs> All right. Um, one second here. We are in view, and let's go to this one. Okay. Well, eventually, that shell becomes very uncomfortable as it grows, right? Back under the rocks. And the lobster repeats this numerous times. The stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. Now, if lobsters had doctors, they would never grow. Because as soon as the lobster feels uncomfortable, goes to the doctor, gets a Valium, gets a Percocet, feels fine. (laughs) Never cuts off its shell. So I think that we have to realize is that we have to realize that times of stress are also times that are signals for growth. And if we use adversity properly, we can grow through adversity. And I think that's a, that's a great analogy, a great picture here, because Leah, you actually represent adversity for these people that come that come to you in a way, because you're giving them hard things to do. You're challenging them again and again and again, and instead of taking something to make the pain go away, medication-wise, you're saying, no, let's grow through the pain, and that applies spiritually as well, doesn't it? Sure. You'd be surprised how many people come back for more, too. <laughs> more <laughs> adversity. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and rightfully they should, because that gives them the ability to actually conquer it. So let's take a look at 
updating what we work on spiritually. So we're going to look at this from, from two different standpoints. First, from a personal Christian standpoint, updating what we work on spiritually. Spiritual health comes from knowing your direction and fixing your mind to it. And, and Leah, this is very much along the lines of what you said about reminding them of their goals. What is it that you wanted to be able to accomplish with all of this? Don't forget, that's where we have to go. Spiritually, it's the same thing. Jonathan, Hebrews 12, 2-7. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So, fixing our eyes on Jesus fixing our focus on the one thing that is most important. Now, it doesn't mean you don't do the other things in life. What it means is all of the other things that you do in life are to help you to get to that point. And remember, when we are living in the physical world and we have to go to a job, I mean, you say, well, where's the praise of God in going to my job? Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, 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 a, I'm a customer service representative and I talk to people and they yell at me all day. Where, where's, the, where's, where's serving Jesus in that? It's being Christ-like in whatever our endeavors are, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And, and Leah, that is looking at, you want to be able to lift up your child again. It's such an important thing. Okay, spiritual health comes from, next, you've got to know your direction. Next, spiritual health comes from understanding the challenges uh, that may yet come. In other words, it might not be over. And Lee, I want to get your physical therapy uh, take on this as we read Hebrews 12, verse 4. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in striving against sin. So understanding challenges that may yet come. In, in your experience as a physical therapist, you know, you're working through issues, and you said that sometimes uh, it gets worse before it gets better, or does, does, does working on one problem ever provoke another problem or something like that? Um, yeah, it can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It can, it, sometimes it's a little bit of a balancing act, you know, um, cause sometimes if you start strengthening a muscle or something that isn't used to being strengthened, it might feel really sore, but you just kind of have to counsel them and, and assure them that that's a good sign that that's means that it's working. And if they stick with it, it will eventually help their overall problem. So in the growth process physically, pain that is being managed by a professional can actually be a good thing. Now, we're trying to run away from and get away from pain, but, right. if, but if we can see it in, through those eyes, we can understand that, that, that the challenges of spiritual growth are the same way. Spiritual pain can be a good thing if we are letting it be managed in a higher, more powerful way. Another point on the uh, management uh, or updating what we work on spiritually. You know, we have to know our direction. We have to understand that, that there are more challenges that may yet come. Spiritual health also comes from accepting the corrections and the guidance lovingly given to all sons of God. And we're still in Hebrews chapter 12. Jonathan, let's now do verses 5 through 7. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for the discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? 
All right, so let's go back to the to the physical therapy side of this just for another second in terms of this, because what this is saying is that God, if you are being disciplined, you're going through the pains of growth spiritually, that's a good thing. God is allowing that for your best benefit. So, Leah, when... Do you ever have it, and I have no idea the answer to this question, so when you're giving someone treatment and they're in this process now of, of, of restoring motion and function and moving up higher, is sometimes the pain at that point as bad or even worse than the pain they came in with? Um, yeah, it can be. Um, it's usually, I, they usually describe them as different types of pain. Okay. You know, and I'll ask them if they say, I was in a lot of pain after I did such and such exercise. I'll clarify, is that pain like injury type of pain or is that pain like you feel like your body was really working? And usually they can kind of try to tease out those two because if uh, something is causing them more pain as an injury type of pain, then we want to avoid doing that. But if in their mind they say, no, it's, it's like it's working kind of pain, then I say, okay, Okay, go ahead and keep doing it. All right, and, and that fits exactly with what the Scripture says because it's the, the discipline of God is not the pain of injury. It is truly the pain of growth. So spiritually, we need to listen to... And, and people like you say this all the time, listen to your body, right? Right. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's a sense of if you, if you listen to your body, you can then learn to respond to what it's telling you. And as we flush out what what is causing what what's happening we can see this is actually pain of growth it's a good thing it shows that you're on the right track it shows that you are progressing it shows that you're taking steps so updating what we work on spiritually we've been talking about it from a christian personal christian standpoint now there's another way of looking at it for the last, next two or three minutes here from a co-laboring christian standpoint and let's go back to romans chapter 12 remember we started with romans 12 1 and 2 well, let's go to Romans 12 now, verses 3 to 8 for the rest of the segment. Spiritual health comes through a continual attitude of humility and faith. Romans 12, uh, verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And Leah, that really does remind me of how you talk to your patients when they're going through the pain and the difficulty, uh, and you're reminding them of what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish, and to not get ahead of themselves. Uh, like you said earlier, something about you know not doing too much in, in, by way of exercise because that that causes that causes pain of injury. Yeah, yeah. Encourage them um, in their patients. Um, is definitely huge and sometimes giving them examples because people can get some people can get discouraged really easily they think whether it's after a surgery or something like that I should be better by now yeah. and then you actually tell them hey no for this kind of injury sometimes it takes six months for something like this to actually get better or you give an example of I had somebody with the same injury come in and you're doing much better than them so sometimes people just need a lot of encouragement too all right, good, good. So it really, it's amazing how all of this fits together. Uh, spiritual health comes from through being a contributor to something bigger than yourself. Uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, Romans 12, verses 4 and 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, 
and individual members one of another. And that kind of reminds me in the physical realm of, of, of therapy how you've got to get outside of the pain and look at the, the, object, the objective, the, the restoring motion and function and using the proper progression, being outside of yourself so you can actually contribute again normally to the world around you. We're a little shy on time, so Lee, I'm not going to ask you about that at this moment. Spiritual health also comes through knowing your role and executing it with diligence and with passion. And Jonathan, Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. In service, in his serving. Or who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives, with liberality. He who leads, with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so, Leah, in physical therapy, I imagine that you would treat an athlete, you might use the same types of exercises, but you're going to treat an athlete different than somebody who walks, you know, one mile every eight or ten months. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Same kind of exercises, but a very different approach. Yeah, almost different kind of dosage of what you give them. So, So it's the same thing spiritually. God will give us the dosage of reparation work that we need depending on where we are the kind of spiritual pain and suffering and injury that we have and what we need to accomplish with it all so again we can see that all of this fits together in in such a really powerful way to help us understand the importance of spiritual therapy and well-being this is christian questions i'm jonathan here with rick with leah and tonight's episode is does physical therapy Teach us spiritual well-being. Coming up, how do we keep from going down this painful road again? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Does Physical Therapy Teach Us Spiritual Well-Being? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. Or you can message us on your app. Christian Questions, a voice of reason in a world that's lost its way. Keep in touch at ChristianQuestions.com. Okay, so we've got uh, Leah Ruggiero with us, a licensed physical therapist, and Leah, it's our final segment. We've got two steps left to the whole process. You've walked us through all of the things uh, about acknowledging pain and recognizing it and getting help and going through the initial stages and calming down the, 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 uh, the inflammation and then getting to the point of being able to treat the real issue and so forth. Now we're at step seven, discharge, being discharged from physical therapy. So now with the physical condition, once the patient's no longer feeling any pain and uh, return back to doing their normal daily activities, they're discharged from physical therapy. So obviously, Leah, my next question is, okay, well, what happens next? 
Yeah. So um, they, from my end, I encourage them to keep up with their home exercise program um, and try to find a way to stick with it because oftentimes this will help prevent the problem from coming back. Um, and also to, um, help to help, help them to even make further improvements. Cause sometimes people will finish therapy before they're 100%, you know, maybe they're 90%. And if they keep up with these exercises, they can continue to get better kind of on their own. Um, so it, yeah, it's more just trying to encourage people to make what they've learned in therapy and their exercises a habit. And I think that's the key. Make what you have taken, what you've learned, what you've experienced, what you've gone through, a habit so you can remain strong. And, and Jonathan, I just want to, before we get to the spiritual application, I want to mention one thing, a little bit off subject, um, but in terms of uh, p- putting something straight. Last week we were talking about, our subject was, uh, why do some think God is a monster? And we were dealing with several scriptures and, and several sound bites and things. And there was one sound bite that came on that I gave a reaction to for a scripture, and my reaction wasn't very good. It wasn't it wasn't scripturally sound. Let me put it that way. So we're going to end a, a, about a minute early tonight, and following the end of the program, I've got an explanation of that because you know we want to be scripturally clear as we can possibly be every time. We are talking about scriptures because that's everything to us, and I want to make sure it's made right. So, folks, if you would be kind enough to stay with us for a few extra minutes after this program tonight, I would appreciate uh, that. Jonathan, let's go to the spiritual application for being discharged from physical therapy. Spiritually, we should make whatever exercises we learned a habit. Okay. Um, And Leah, any, any spiritual examples for us there? Sure. Yeah. Maybe um, we decide to read a devotional every morning or every evening before we go to bed. Um, Maybe we pray first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Um, Maybe we put our favorite scripture or a poem or something on our fridge. You know, I have a few little Christian magnets and a nice poem on my fridge because I'm definitely not going to start my day without eating. So I know I'm going (laughs) to see it. Um, So those are just some little examples. But the idea is create the habit. That's what you're saying. Right. So as a physical therapist, you're saying you've got to take what you learned with you in practical everyday life and just keep it going. And that's 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 a challenge because it's so easy to revert back to what we were or what we did. And Uh, Rick and Leah, today's uh, technology can really help us along those lines. Yeah, you're right. Where if we're in the car, we can be listening to something to 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 lift us up. we could be texting and emailing um, brethren for feedback on questions on the Bible. So there's so many things we can do. Yeah, and hey, look, you've got a Christian Questions app on your phone. Bring it with you. Listen to this program again and again and again to get the spiritual habits put in place. Great, great thought there. Uh, Jonathan, let's go. Remember we were talking about the movie Anger Management, and they were about to sing a song from West Side Story? Yeah. We just got to hear at least a verse of the song just because. And I just want to put this in context because this is a 1950s movie. And, you know, it's a song from a West Side Story, I Feel Pretty. And it talks about I feel pretty and witty and gay. It's gay. It means happy. In the song, I just want to set that straight before we listen to this, but I think this is actually quite funny. I feel pretty. I feel 
pretty and witty and gay and I pity any girl who isn't me today la 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 I feel charming all right, you get the idea. Anyway, oh, yeah. Anyway. Hilarious. But see, the, the point is he had to change his state. He had to do something completely different, and there's something to be said for that, taking ourselves out of where we were and putting, us, uh, putting ourselves into a place where we can actually begin to make the progress that we need to, to, to make. So anyway, enough of that. Let's get further into the spiritual application of being discharged from physical therapy. Uh, there are many things that we can do to be strengthened. And again, let's go back to Romans 12. We can form habits by our intentional focus and repetitive actions. Uh, and, and, and this is important because this is what Leah was saying. You've got to walk away from physical therapy with new habits Walk away from spiritual therapy the same way. Decide to be passionately pure in heart. Romans 12, 9 to 17. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. All right. So it, it talks about, you know, being passionately pure in heart. Love purely, you know, without hypocrisy. Look at things that are evil and really look at them as that's evil. Not not look at them as, oh, you know, that's not so good. But make evil evil. Cling to what's good. Be devoted to one another. Not, not just pay attention to one another. Be devoted to one another. Uh, honoring one another. And that's why we say dis- decide to be passionately pure in heart. Create, create a new spiritual habit that elevates your being. Just like, Leah, you have to create the physical habit that elevates your physical life. Mm-hmm. So find your practical passions for serving God, often accomplished by serving others, and then ignite them. Find what you can be passionate about. And, and this really fits well with the, with the physical therapy as well. Uh, Romans 12, verses 11 to 14. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So find what you can do. And, and it's great because the Apostle Paul gives us this list of things, of, of, of ways to act and contribute to the needs of the saints. And, and Leah, in, in terms of therapy, um, when someone is, is so um, overwhelmed with their pain and their issue, they tend to kind of forget everything that's around them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you help them to go from, okay, my pain and my issue is everything in my life, to being able to now just lose themselves in other things? Yeah, sometimes it's um, helping them to identify positive things in their life. So rather than let's just focus on the pain, it's almost let's not focus on the pain. Let's focus on other stuff. Give me some happy memories. And I ask them to just tell me about things in their life that they enjoy. And then we try to turn those into more um, constructive exercises. Okay, maybe if you enjoy 
being with your grandkids, next time I see you, I want you have, I want you to have babysat your grandkids three times by next week or something along those lines, you know. So trying to get them to not focus so much on the pain because maybe their hypervigilance to the pain has been what they're one of the driving factors. So now it's focused on something else that's more positive. So life is bigger than the pain. That's what you're telling right, me. Right, right. Life is bigger than the pain. Your existence is more valuable than the pain. So start to look at other things outside of it. And of course, you've got to get things in order where they can begin to see that. But again, that fits spiritually uh, so so well. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to uh, Romans 12. Let's go now to uh, verses 15 through 17. And then uh, here, it's enter into the experiences of others with deep empathy and humble uh, spirituality. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And, you know, it comes down to being able to touch others' lives. And, and Jonathan, along those lines, we just got a, a, a comment from this, uh, the Christian Questions app, and it's, um, it's from Jonesboro, Tennessee, and it says, Thank you for this. We all need to be reminded and diligent, never giving up, and keep moving forward. You see, you do that when you get the right kind of help, when you get the right kind of therapy, when you are able to begin to identify the pain. And again, Leah, we touched on this earlier, but when you identify the source of the pain, in your experience dealing with your patients, isn't that when they finally figure out, okay, what's going on, if it's something chronic, maybe they don't know, doesn't that like change their 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 attitude or, or the way they look at things or what 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 do they get from that yeah people love having a diagnosis they love knowing the problem yeah. right yeah. um that's one reason people get mris and x-rays up the wazoo because they want to know <laughs> what's going on when sometimes it's those aren't always even needed so um i think because the fear of uncertainty can be sometimes worse than an actual problem, you know. So if you can give them something to more constructively think about, as in this is your problem, that sometimes can be very um, relieving for them to know that there's something wrong that now we can fix rather than the uncertainty of I don't know what's going on, nobody else seems to know what's going on, and now there's this fear kind of brewing. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, that's, such, that's such a sensible thing in terms of our spirituality as well. When we have been humble enough to put our, our, our spiritual pain before God and our malfunctions and to let him reveal those things, we can now begin the healing process. And it feels so good to say, okay, you know what? I'm weak in this area. I just am. But it, now that I know it, I can manage it. So let's just get to our last step because we just got just a few minutes here. Step eight, um, Leah, in the physical sense is managing flare-ups. Most office used for the chronic conditions. And with the physical, physical condition of managing flare-ups, it's when people have chronic pain, they do not always become 100% symptom-free within a course of physical therapy. So I guess my question is, so what do you do then? Yeah, so um, we try to teach them then techniques um, of how to manage their flare-ups independently without needing to either come back to see me or without needing to go see their doctor, or go to the emergency department or something like that. Um, and so it depends on where the pain is coming from, why they're getting flare-ups. Um, so again, that's going to be more individualized. Um, but then just giving them these techniques so that if 
something does happen or whatever and the pain gets unbearable, then now they can do something to help calm it down themselves. So you're empowering the individual to care for themselves because you've you've treated their, their situation, you've shown them how to, and you've told them why, and so you've given them all of the answers so they, they can now really grow through the experience and manage it. And it's like, okay, it's not overwhelming now because I know what to do. I know how to do it. So, Jonathan, spiritual application for that. If someone has an ongoing spiritual problem that they're working on to overcome or manage, they can learn techniques to help calm this problem down when they find themselves faced with a particular difficult situation. All right, Leah, any, any specific examples along those lines? Um, well, I think the one that you played about anger management was right on. <laughs> All right. Um, because maybe somebody has a really bad anger problem and it's never, you know, I don't want to say never going to go away, but something that they're just going to be working on their whole life, yeah. you know. Um, so maybe when they find themselves in a situation where they're instinctively becoming very angry, they can pull to the side of the road and sing, I'm I feel pretty. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But don't block Maybe a traffic. hymn or something like that yeah. would be more appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the the point is change your state. Put yourself in a spiritual place. That's really what we want to be focusing on here. Um, if we've been working on the habits above that we've mentioned, we'll be so much better equipped to keep ourselves in check. And again, Jonathan, let's go back to Romans 12, verses 18 to 21. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay says the Lord. See, that's so important. Let God take care of those issues. It's not, We don't have to worry about that stuff. That causes more spiritual pain, spiritual injury, and then you got to go back to your spiritual therapist, Leah, and have her help you put it all in order and get it right. Uh, rather than focusing on all of those things, verses 20 and 21 of Romans 12 gives us the other way to, to, to go. It's the 180 degree turn to say, here's how we should deal with our, our issues instead but if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him a drink for in so doing you will heap burning coals on his head do not become do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good stop thinking about the revenge things and start doing the good things stop thinking about the pain and the and the and the frustration and apply the principles that we've talked about and uh, we're down to about a minute left. So, so spiritual therapy can bring us peace. We're just, Jonathan, just read verse 29 of Psalm 107. Just 29. He caused the storm to be still so that the waves of the sea were hushed. And Leah, that really reminds me of everything you've talked about uh, this evening in terms of physical therapy. Causing the storm to be still. The waves of the sea, the waves of pain, if you will, to be hushed. So just in, in, in your own words, just give us a wrap-up for... for physical therapy, and spiritual well-being. Yeah, so um, sometimes there's an injury, some, and spiritually, sometimes there's a problem that we identify. Um, so then we want to calm the injury down. We want to stop whatever um, direct things are causing us to be spiritually weak or contribute to that spiritual problem. And then once everything's kind of calmed down and we're in a more um, steady state, then we work to build ourselves up. Um, and the Lord works through various different measures to build us up and to strengthen where we are weak. All right, Leah, thanks so much. We appreciate your, your, your contributions. We appreciate your being here with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate everything you've brought to the table and helping us understand 
physical therapy, its value as physical therapy, and its value as spiritual well-being. So, Leah, thanks again. We appreciate you being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Folks, this is such an important thing. Realize that the management of the pain of our lives is really in our hands, and we can take it and we can do something with it if we follow the right process. For Jonathan and Rick and Leah and Christian Questions, we'll be back again next week. But until then, physical therapy and spiritual well-being. It's important. And please stay tuned for that correction for my mistake from last week's program immediately following this program. Till next week, think about it. This is Rick, and I need to address an error and some poor judgment on my part relating to our December 12, 2016 broadcast, Why Do Some Think God is a Monster? During this podcast, we covered several very harsh scriptures that seem to show God as a bloodthirsty and heartless being. Going over scriptures like this is never easy or comfortable, and I, specifically, am always searching for the best ways to address the issues that they present. One of the scriptural accounts we touched on via a soundbite was the account of Jephthah found in the book of Judges. The accusation in the soundbite was that Jephthah sacrificed his own daughter as a burnt offering to God in exchange for victory in battle, and God was accepting of it. This is a difficult text and can be understood two very different ways. In my commentary after the soundbite, I addressed the text and accusation from the standpoint of the harshest way to interpret the text. After hearing feedback from my valued CQ team members, I need to correct my comments. While what I said about this scripture's implication of Jephthah actually sacrificing his daughter is one way of viewing the text, it is clearly not the best scripture way of understanding what actually happened. Let's take a moment and look. Reading from Judges 11, Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you indeed will give the sons of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be yours, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. When Jephthah came to his house at Mizpah, behold, his daughter was coming out to meet him with tambourines and with dancing. She was now his one and only child. Besides her, he had no son or daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you are among those who trouble me, for I have given my word to the Lord, and I cannot take it back. This does sound ominous. Notice how the vow is made by Jephthah. Offer it up as a burnt offering. Further in Judges, so she said to him, My father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said, since the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the sons of Ammon. She said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go to the mountains and weep because of my virginity, I and my companions. Several commentators note that this request of Jephthah's daughter actually explains what was to happen. They note that for women in Israel, to have a family was the crowning accomplishment of their lives. Jephthah's daughter's life was to be offered to God. It was to be put in service of God only, and that would forfeit her rights to a family. You see, her life offered up as a burnt offering, meaning with the same result as a burnt offering, signified that there could be no returning from the commitment, that she had no possibility of a family, ever. She accepted this and went to mourn the loss for two months. 
Jephthah then said, Go. So he sent her away for two months, and she left with her companions and went on to the mountains because of her virginity. At the end of two months, she returned to her father, who did according to her to the vow which he had made, and she had no relations with a man. Thus it became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah four days in the year. The end of the account is actually showing what happened as a result of the vow. No human sacrifice at all. Rather, she never had a husband or a family, and the daughters of Israel had great respect for her devotion as a result. So you see, by reading the context of the text, a rule of my own which I did not take the time to follow, the more clear understanding is easily revealed. Please accept my apology for my own short-sightedness in dealing with this particular story, as I am truly sorry for incompletely representing the character of Jephthah and, by extension, the character of God. Thanks for listening.